0: Hello, and welcome to the Learning and Development Podcast, a podcast that explores L&D that works with those who are making it work. In this episode, I'm speaking with Agla Venuskaita about what L&D should expect from generative AI in 2024. But before we get into it, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating on your podcast app of choice, tell others to find us, and thank you if you've done so already. Now, let's get into it. Agla, welcome to the Learning and Development Podcast.
1: Hi David, good to be here.
0: Uh, Now, L&D conversations in 2023 were dominated by generative AI as we all strive to make sense of what it could mean for us. So as we enter 2024, perhaps it will be useful to assess where are we now?
1: Well, everyone is still overwhelmed by the never ending onslaught of information about AI. And in this context of predictions about how AI is going to change learning, L&D, change businesses, change the world, Um, everyone is worried that they're falling behind and they Mm -hmm. want to know what's the reality, what's actually happening on the ground, what everyone else is doing. And purely anecdotally, previously, I could have a conversation with someone in L&D about their work and what's happening in their organization and the conversation would stay there. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't remember the last time when I wasn't asked about best practice, case studies, and just any intel about what anyone else in L&D is doing with AI. So I sometimes wish we had the sustained level of curiosity (laughs) about the other parts of organizational learning as well. Um, But the reality is this, only very few, if any, L&D departments seem to have integrated AI in a strategic and holistic way. Mm. And a big part of the industry is either experimenting with AI or using AI in only some parts of their work. Usually they're either bits of learning design, of some administrative tasks, uh, or content recommendations, which are using a different kind of AI altogether. Mm. And despite the hype, a surprisingly big chunk of people are not using generative AI at all for various reasons. So hmm. that's, uh, that's the internal l side. Then we have the vendor side. And uh, on the vendor side, generative AI is getting integrated into products by default. You're probably seeing that as well mm-hmm. uh, to various levels of uh, usefulness and polish. For example, a button to create a course or a tagline or something by inputting a topic, that sort of thing. And uh, we're also getting applications built on top of LLMs, uh, large language models. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're usually for specific tasks such as video creation, uh, marketing, copywriting, or even uh, co-pilots that we've seen spring up in the last quarter of 2023, which means that the user interface is changing and prompting mm-hmm. is getting done for you in the background. So now we need to think about the value of uh, prompting as a as a longer or even medium term skill uh, so that's where we are from my perspective
0: wonderful um, uh, i I'd, I'd love to to spend more time on picking that for, uh, for for the listener as well so um uh, this will this will be uh, like uh, all of the, those other conversations you have in uh, uh, agla that that, um, that that we're not going to escape uh, going into the nuts and bolts of, uh, of of generative AI and what it could possibly mean. Um, I mean, is there? The, you said there a lot of the stuff that, uh, that I'm sure the listener would expect about course creation, because of course, generative AI with a prompt can help to to create content, um, um, I, whether that be text, image, or uh, or video content, which is some of the exciting stuff. Um, uh, I think you and I might share um, concerns about the ease of rapid content, uh, because I think that you and I have probably have both seen uh, learning technology platforms filled with uh, less than useful stuff before. So to make it easier to create less than useful stuff now, uh, you can imagine that there could be a deluge for employees to uh, uh, to wade through. But, uh, uh, but- that maybe that's by by the by. I'd love to I'd love to know. Uh, is there anything that you've seen, uh, perhaps more on the vendor side than the uh, the um, the internal L and D side? That's kind of piqued your interest. You've, you've you've touched on a few bits there, but is there anything uh, based on your hopes of generative AI for for what it could do to our profession that you think? Oh wow, those are the seeds of uh, of, of 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 that.
1: Yeah, I am very excited uh, by the potential for upskilling for real Mm. skill development for what we call deliberate practice if you will Mm. um so what i'm talking about here are conversation simulations where i can converse using my voice my very own way of speaking and get completely customized and personalized feedback Mm. and if done that done well that could be actually transformational because so far we have only had proxies for that kind of skills practice, um, such as branching scenarios in e-learning or one-on-one uh, role plays that are good and they're, they're really good for skill development, but they are only accessible uh, to a few people uh, and for only limited uh, periods of time. And another version of that that I've seen, which got me excited, is getting feedback on actual conversations that I'm having. And sometimes even as I'm having them, uh, and, uh, even, even beyond conversational skills that goes, the, the same principle, the same skill development principle applies, uh, for example, for coding, software engineering, mm-hmm. evaluating your code, uh, or if we think sometime in the future, I have not seen that myself, uh, yet, but I can see how in time we can, we will be able to, uh, provide these practice sandboxes, sandboxes, or at least very good personalized feedback for many mm-hmm. other highly valuable skills that produce any kind of tangible output that AI can feedback on. For example, uh, project management planning skills, that that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. When a- AI has something to work on, has some evidence of, of my performance, right? So that's that's the upskilling side, which mm-hmm. I talk about a lot, and I, I feel like this is this is a game changer if we do this right, and if we really think about what that uh, conversation simulation product and, and, and interface, what it can actually do for us. Now, aside from upskilling, I'm quite excited about what AI can do for analysis in L&D. And this mm. is something that I've heard perhaps less from vendors and more from in-house L&D. Uh, some of these uh, examples are experiments. Some of them are ideas. But for example, observing skills uh, that are used in practice instead of relying on proxies like tenure in the role, course completions or Mm self-evaluations, that's one. Another one is using AI to uh, to help identify pockets of expertise in the organization so that you can connect uh, these pockets for for knowledge sharing. Mm -hmm. And uh, another example that has come up is Enabling predictive analytics to identify emerging capability needs in the organization based mm-hmm. on how, what, what kind of queries uh, people have, as well as just looking at the, all of your skills data, as well as skills data in the market and, and seeing where, where the gaps are forming. So mm-hmm. these are, I think, really important steps forward that Generative AI can enable if we choose to take it in that direction
0: yeah there's a great examples there and it just uh, triggered a thought in my mind uh, uh, Agla that uh, um, if you can couple that with a career path of sorts for individuals based on uh, understanding the the skill requirements within any, any particular role not just inside your organization but benchmarked outside so that people can see uh, not just what it means to fulfill the um, uh, the remit of a role internally but that role, externally and also then adjacent roles, because one. What I believe that one of the big missing parts is that uh, the employees, it's not that they don't want to learn and it's not that they're not learning. It's for uh, the efficiently efficiency and the effectiveness of development that you the organization requires. People don't know where to go. It's okay to have 10 million pieces of content in an LMS, but if an employee doesn't know that development in a particular area or commitment uh, and investment is going to lead to anything. Then, of course, that that's not just demotivating, but it but it's also not really showing them the the possible. And I think that 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 tying that together. I love what you just said there of uh, of uh, of increasing the capability uh, within an organization based on identified needs. But if you could also show employees that that these are seem to be deficiencies in our organization so to grow your capability in these areas can make you more valuable or can help you to uh, um, make steps towards an adjacent role that you might be interested in again i think that we create this this ecosystem uh, within our organization to make learning and development more, more predictably impactful rather than providing learning more in hope than in in knowing
1: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, learning and uh, broadly speaking career pathways, they are definitely something that I I think even now we have some rudimentary versions of that that Mm. are enabled by AI or some sort of algorithm in the background. Uh, But speaking conceptually, and this is the the kind of conversation that I've had with a few people already, but this is not necessarily something I'm predicting that's going to happen in the next Mm. few years, is um, if you think about it, if we are able to map... Skills. If if first of all, if we're if we are able to capture skills Mm. to to understand what what they are at at the right level, right, and um, uh, and in the right context, and we are able to map them to careers to career pathways, Mm. then it doesn't just change uh, the way people can approach uh, and 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 perceive L and D. It can also affect recruitment because Mm -hmm. as as I'm interviewing as I'm considering a role in the company, if you can potentially show me what that career pathway might look like what kind of offerings could get me where where i want to go that's Mm -hmm. a a bit of a different kind of conversation it's not just like oh yeah in a a few years you can make partner or whatever it Mm -hmm. is actually showing me a real path that i can uh, choose to go on in that organization so this is quite exciting but obviously not something for 2024.
0: No, yeah, it, is, it is hugely exciting. Uh, and, and of course, uh, we, we're having this conversation and uh, and it could be said, uh, uh, somebody critically could say that we're contributing to the noise, uh, Agla. I'd, I'd certainly disagree with them, but, but it leads me to my next question. What do you think it's important that L&D pays attention to in order to remain appropriately informed about generative AI, if not equipped?
1: So, the reality is, especially in enterprise organizations, is that the decision uh, if and how to use AI is not down to LD. It's a strategic mm. decision often made at the highest level of the business. So, it's important for LD to understand what that decision is, or if there is no decision yet, where it is in the process and what the blockers or concerns are and how likely they are to be resolved and when. Mm. Um, and uh, even more practically, what this might mean is just clarify what's your organization's AI policy, mm. how you can and cannot use AI. And that's the crucial context on top of following the news people, experts, whatever. Just understand the status and what was happening in your organization with AI in the first place. Um, but going back to your question, um you asked me what L and D needs to do to pay attention. Mm. Uh to, to to pay attention to um, uh, to remain informed and equipped. Mm-hmm. and what I want to say here is that i I think it needs to do more than just pay attention mm. uh, to the developments in the space, but actually do things and act. And if your uh, organization's policy allows that at all, first of all, you need to keep experimenting with AI yourself and discovering your own use cases and your team's skill gaps perhaps even mapping out your processes, so that you understand where the opportunities to benefit from AI are. Mm-hmm. So that's first. The second one is you need to be on top of your your and your teams and your department's functions, um, priorities and KPIs, so you don't use AI aimlessly, so you know where the business value might lie. And finally, you need to start creating the infrastructure uh, that you're going to need further down the line, but not that—not too far in the future, mm. um, to make greater use of AI, for example, data capture. So AI has quality data to work with, which right now is not the case in most mm. uh, L&D departments. So uh, that's, I think, th- these are the things that are more important than just going to conferences or reading articles about what's going on with AI.
0: Yeah, rolling our sleeves up and uh, and, and understanding it uh, uh, ourselves. I think there's also um, what I think is a useful way of thinking is that that we've been doing learning and development a certain way over the last few decades: small teams with huge client groups and uh, an incredibly broad and deep remits, uh, because that's the only way we could see how. And I think that that with generative AI, it's almost as if we can uncap our ex our own restrictions and and expectations and start thinking about what it's going to actually take in order to make the demonstrable difference, rather than simply looking at what we think we're capable of doing and then the limited impact that we think that small teams with large client groups can actually achieve, which I think, you know, part of that whole that, that we've created or we've dug for ourselves is that learning and development provide learning that, you know, small teams, large client groups. What are, What else can we achieve? But then we always look back and we wonder, did we make any difference? Did we did we make impact? Was there a return on investment? The answer is no. And the reason the answer is no is because you didn't plan to. You just put, you made stuff available, whether it was or perhaps wasn't, more likely wasn't applicable to other people's roles. So if we take a look again and think so, if we didn't think that we were limited with our resources, what would we be working on and, and what might we hold ourselves accountable? as a as a as an ideal outcome
1: yeah i think what you're talking about is problem first yep. second that's mm-hmm. that's what we're talking about here is that you need to solve a real problem mm. and what ai does is a tool that can help you solve it in a more impactful way than before but it's not just going to solve learning all by itself
0: no no, absolutely right. So, so that that's the stuff that uh, that that perhaps we should be paying attention to and doing ourselves. But uh, there's there's another side to that coin, um, uh, Agla. And what should be what should we be wary of?
1: Yeah, well, one thing that comes to mind is the fact that the term AI is being thrown a lot, uh, around a lot. These days. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great work happening uh, on the vendor side. They're actually probably the ones that are leading the way in sharing the very first case studies of how LND is using AI in in practice. But at the same time, there are many products where AI is just being slapped onto things that aren't adding value. Mm. Uh, And even if if uh, if if the AI itself there is quite good then the the case for learning is is quite wobbly. So I think it's important to understand uh, how to differentiate between those that have, those vendors that have the in-house expertise to be building AI products, as well as expertise in uh, enterprise L&D, who can be our partners on the journey, and those that, that do not and that are often unaware of it as well, because they might be creating a great product, but that just does not necessarily work in the context, in the context of uh, enterprise L&D, which is much more complicated than just creating a, a learning app. And I think another thing that is equally important to understand uh, is what makes a difference for learning as well. And mm-hmm. as we know, more powerful technology does not necessarily, as I said before, solve learning. No. And... Uh, I think it's important to be wary of getting enchanted by unrealistic promises just like with any piece of learning technology
0: i couldn't agree more uh when i've been in learning and development for 25 years uh agla and i've seen so many great products and i put great in inverted commas there because they were solutions looking for problems uh i've seen them come and go uh we, we could you know anybody who's been in the profession for for five to ten years could list them now and think that oh, i thought that that was going to be revolutionary or i thought that that had the potential to be absolutely great but what it comes down to is if it doesn't solve the problems of the people that you're seeking to influence uh, and it can't do that uh as um uh, efficiently as perhaps they could do with it that themselves then it will fall by the wayside so i think that uh, that 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 for sure, I think we're going to see a lot of great looking or appealing AI solutions. But again, when it comes down to that, we, we aren't the arbiters of, of whether it's great or not. Uh, and the engagement of those that we're seeking to influence is a key indicator, if not a measure of success. So I think that uh, that, that that we should tread carefully uh, and look exactly at what uh, uh, where we might be spending our pounds, dollars, and and euros in the uh, in the in the coming uh, weeks, because I think that or uh, uh, so months and years, because I can see that this isn't going to be cheap by anybody's standards uh, to invest in the, in the right tech, uh, but you could probably find yourself out of pocket and with a a, a tool that that isn't being used uh, as 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 much as uh, as, as others are now but, but you mentioned earlier that you're seeing that the um uh, that that there are great advances being made on the vendor side and of course we've seen chat gpt enterprise uh, come about um in uh, in in very recent weeks so um i and, and you also mentioned about how um our it teams and security teams and business leaders are quite rightly sceptical, or perhaps apprehensive is the uh, is the right word, about our own advancements. But I wonder how close you think we are of perhaps IT teams, security teams, and business leaders of accepting the inevitable, which is the adoption of uh, of generative AI tools.
1: I think that for most organisations, using AI has become a competitive imperative. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, they will find a way to make it work for them if if that if they still haven't gotten to a point where they feel like okay so this is really something that we need to implement to stay competitive in the market right mm. and ultimately for it and the organization as a whole the question is that of risk management and mm-hmm. that of protecting the business
0: yeah
1: and uh, is it it's about whether the risk and the cost of using ai is worth uh, the benefits mm-hmm. so once that equation dips in favor of benefits, my guess is that they will be more willing to accept the risks and work within that framework of risks and find ways to mitigate them.
0: Now, this this is a $1 million question, uh, Agla, because generative AI, of course, has been moving so fast that it's almost impossible to predict the future. Now, I think you know what's coming Uh, beyond a couple of months. But I'd be keen to hear how you expect it to be impacting L&D in the coming year.
1: Oh my, David. Um, <laughs> so the way I like to think about in uh, about AI and LMD is in, in in two ways at the at the very highest level. So first is LMD operations, how mm-hmm. AI impacts our ways of working, what tools and resources uh, we have to achieve our goals, mm-hmm. and the second one is supporting the organization's adoption of AI, as mm-hmm. is, which is a big change management operation. So if you think about it, we have some sort of internal uh, reckoning uh, w- in terms of AI and L&D, so within L&D, and then how l is uh, affecting the organization outside of uh, outside of d mm-hmm. And if uh, if we think about uh, the first one, uh, what I like to call uh, uh, l and AI Ops,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: don't know if it's a term yet, uh, but I think ultimately it's up to L&D to decide what is going to use AI for. Mm-hmm uh nothing is gonna happen automatically we're not on some sort of path which is taking us to uh a known destination content uh, has admittedly been a big part of lnd and now there's a lot of pressure to use ai to reduce that cost mm-hmm. and i see two features here one is that either L&D uses ai to scale what hasn't worked and create yeah. more content which is something that you mentioned in the beginning. Uh, d- creating faster things that uh, don't necessarily need to be created, uh, or it reconnects with uh, its purpose in the organization, which is hopefully uh, increasing organization's capability and uh, uses AI deliberately and with, uh, with impact in, in mind. mind. Uh, and what I mean by that is analytics, uh, upskilling, Things like that. Uh, that's mm-hmm. something that we talked about earlier. And I think in 2024, each learning leader will be proverbially laying the tracks for whichever train uh, they're planning to board. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the way I'm looking at uh, what's happening with uh, AI and l internally. Now, if we look outside of l uh, towards the broader organization, this is in a way related to what I... Uh, uh, just said, it's about building the capability, addressing skills gaps and not just the AI skills gaps. You also mean the skills, the other skills that are required for people uh, that AI makes more valuable, both mm-hmm. for the organization and in the in the job market, as well as uh, changing mindsets and, and and habits. Because as we all know, it's not just about knowing how to use AI, it's about having the habit of using it. It's about changing uh, the ways of working that I may have used for 10, 15 years. Um, so that's that's the challenge that L&D is facing uh, in the in the coming year, I think. And my prediction is that next year, a lot of organizations are going to be rolling out AI at scale, having mm-hmm. spent 2023 figuring out what to do with it and how to do it safely. And L&D will have a genuine opportunity to, to shine and to partner uh, with the business to make sure that that rollout is mm-hmm. a success. So... That's a both well, a prediction and a hope.
0: Yeah, and and do you know what I I think that uh, uh, I I completely agree with you. Uh, you used a, a train analogy, and I think that uh, uh, what what that led me to in uh, in my mind it was it's a red red pill or a blue pill uh, analogy uh, for for this. Will you take the red pill and create a load of content and see that your role in L and D is to plug your content gaps, uh, or will you? re-look at the problems that, that that exist uniquely to your organization as people transition into and through your organization and seek to address friction uh, as you uh, look to make them more capable and adaptable uh, in the face of of great transformation of disruption that that both uh, ai and other factors will bring and i think that the the smart money is on blue and it's harder um, it requires knowing. It requires uh, the the right analysis. But again, as you as you mentioned earlier in our conversation, uh, Agla, that's what generative AI is here to help us do as well. Uh, understand to, to do some of that harder work for us that might take uh, um, tens of thousands of hours of uh, of of, uh, of 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 the HR and L and D teams to get to know, or, or you know the 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 alternative. It might seem easier now, but you know. I think that, uh, that that you're right, we, but we've got to be creating problems. It depends on what you want to be doing at the end of 2024, beginning of 2025, looking and wondering whether you made impact or using these smart tools to know that you've been making the right impact in the right places and that you built the foundations uh, in order to, to run a smarter, more effective L&D team.
1: Yeah, and uh, I would add to that that it's also important, not, ju- not just for L&D itself, but it's mm. also important to understand the opportunity cost of uh, a lack of good upskilling for employees yeah because both their organizations changing very quickly and the organizations uh where they might be working next they're mm. changing uh very quickly so not taking the opportunity uh to actually provide real, targeted, meaningful upskilling for people, it's always been an issue. But right now, this may actually get quite painful because Mm -hmm. the opportunity cost, what can be done or what the technology is going to allow us to do, say by mid or late 2024, is something that could create a real competitive advantage for an individual in the job market once they finish their tenure at the ex- existing organization. And L&D can make that either easier or harder, not to mention the impact that they're gonna have while people are working at their organization as mm. well.
0: Yeah, I th- I th- and I think this is the opportunity we've been waiting for in learning development a long time to play a crucial role, uh, because after all, if, you know, if- if organisations are crying out for for a department, a dedicated department to help with upskilling, both for the benefit of the organisations and and have a more capable workforce, you know this is us. This is this is our time to to shine. And of course, th- this is something that, uh, that that I'm sure is going to come out uh, or have come out in a report you, that you've co-authored um, uh, with Donald Taylor on AI and L and D. So you know, and I'd lo- I'd love to know um, uh, from from this report what struck you. Um, uh, about what's going on uh, in, uh, in L&D in this area?
1: Yeah, so, so the most surprising thing in that report was how many people in L&D are not using AI mm. uh, or tried uh, AI and decided not to use it, which is around 30% of our respondents, which is mm. massive. And keep in mind that ours was likely a self-selecting sample, so we had a bunch of people who were already curious about AI. So mm. probably... AI enthusiasts over represented. So this was really quite shocking given how much we're talking about AI and have been talking about it for uh, for the last year. Mm. And it's an interesting uh, question to, to dig into as well, uh, to understand further what the reasons are for people not uh, choosing to use AI. And I, I'm sure that there are many legitimate reasons. Mm.
0: Yeah, that is, uh, that is interesting. And we'll put a link to the, uh, to the report in the, uh, in the show notes. Um, but as we look to, uh, to wrap up our conversation, uh, Agla, I'd love to know what approach you advocate for L&D, getting involved, rolling their sleeves up and, uh, and actually using AI.
1: Uh, so I have a, a short and, uh, and a long answer to that. <laughs> uh, the short answer is something that we, we, we talked about here uh, earlier is uh, it's uh, start with a problem, not the hmm. tool and understand your specific organizational context. So mm-hmm. that's the TLDR. Uh, AI is a tool in your toolbox. It's your insight and ingenuity that will determine whether it's a useful tool for learning mm-hmm. uh, or if it's just a, a, a waste of time. So that's that's the short version. The long version is, and uh, as of early 2024, this is something that I'm suggesting that uh, people in, a, in L&D do, which might change in a few months. But um, there are three steps that I think are important at this point in time. Uh, It's understand where you are, identify your goals with AI, and find your own use cases uh, for AI. So, uh, the first step, understand where you are, is about understanding what kind of tools you already have in place, what kind of systems uh, you have. So, do an audit of sorts, map out your key processes, understand how people are already using AI, what kind of use cases perhaps they have already discovered, clarify AI use policies in your organization, which is something that actually came up uh, several times in in, in our uh, report with, uh, with Donald Taylor about yeah. how one of the blockers why people are not using AI in, AI in organizations is not because it's prohibited, it's because they just don't know what's allowed. Wow, yeah. So. That's uh, that. That's this, this whole understanding piece. Where are we right now as mm-hmm. a, as an organization, as a as a as an LD department? Uh, the second step is identify your goals with AI. So this is about going over your team's challenges, uh, pain points, KPIs. However, you're organizing your work, prioritizing them, and. Uh, uh, looking at at all of these, uh, these processes and maps and, and and priorities and seeing where AI can actually add value and starting to experiment with little things that can sort of tweak uh, tweak your processes, tweak that, uh, what you're doing uh, and see if AI is actually helping with, with those things. So one example that I often give is uh, doing a little challenge uh, for a few weeks to reduce time to course deployment. Uh, by say, uh, two weeks. So as a team, we decided, okay, we're going away. We're doing this little experiment. Let's get together later on and see if, if that actually made a difference for us. Uh, and finally, find your own use cases for AI. Uh, people are, a, a lot of people in L&D are now sitting and waiting for best practices. Mm. Uh, but I would say that instead of looking for best practices, uh, look at the common practices. Uh, so, what people are actually doing, and create your own. Because by the time best practices uh, are going to start coming out, you're 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 going to be way behind. Yeah. So, get together with your team to consider what kind of AI use cases may apply in your work. Uh, discuss the results from your experiments. What tools have people used? Usually, people are curious. They are using it uh, use, using these tools even outside of work. So just extract that knowledge that you already have in your teams, investigate what other departments are doing and how you can perhaps either adapt mm-hmm. what they're doing. What, what, what is marketing doing to write their copy, yeah. uh, for, for example, and um, address any knowledge, skill or, or mindset gaps to enable people to, to enable more people, not just first movers to participate in this AI discovery process so i think this this is where we are as an industry Mm -hmm. uh right now
0: brilliant no i love love that i think it's a uh really practical steps but but i'd say that uh that that very attainable uh as well not i don't think anybody listening will be thinking that's that's beyond uh their own capability probably their own confidence level if they've not tried or or, or immersed themselves but uh uh but i think that uh, that that will certainly help anybody moving forward uh, and my final question uh Angela, is um what are your hopes for ai in lnd in 2024
1: Oh, I feel like I've uh, I've been hoping a lot uh, in this conversation already. <laughs> so I'm I'm going to summarize everything uh, that I said in uh, three sentences. Mm. Uh, know your stuff, be deliberate, and uh, seize the opportunity.
0: Wonderful. That's brilliant. Uh, Agla, you're, uh, the reason I invited you onto to the, the podcast is that, uh, that you post a lot of great stuff uh, on social media around uh, about AI in, in the context of L&D. Uh, so how, how best can, can other people follow your work?
1: Uh, find me on LinkedIn. This is where I am. I'm not anywhere else.
0: Brilliant. We'll put a link to your, uh, your profile on, uh, uh, on the show notes. Uh, so Agla, all's left for me to say is thank you very much. It's been a hugely valuable conversation. So thank you for being a guest on the Learning and Development podcast.
1: Thanks for but- having me, David. I'm
0: excited about what we should expect from the further integration of generative AI and L&D this year. And I think you should be too. And perhaps we should all aim to be part of this story. If this conversation has whet your appetite for good quality L&D chat and you'd like to get involved, you can now join the L&D Collective, of which I'm an active member. Join me and thousands of L&D peers via the link to the L&D Collective in the show notes. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, perhaps to suggest topics you'd like to hear discussed, you can tweet me at DavidInLearning and connect on LinkedIn. Again, you'll find links in the show notes. And goodbye for now.